Welcome back to another episode of the Roll Blob Podcast with Andy, Cap, and Coop. I'm Coop, and today we sat down with Xavier Legend, Kenny Freeze, and we talked about the Arctic Circle, Pokemon cards, and 1,761. Stay tuned. Welcome back inside the Roll Blob podcast with Andy Cap and Coop, and we are joined by a very special guests. We've got a former Sean Miller era player here, Kenny Freeze. Kenny, what's up? Not too much. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Appreciate having you on and everything. Um, kind of what's been your thoughts as soon as you started hearing like the rumblings of Sean Miller? Obviously, you played for him under a year or under him for a year, got recruited mm-hmm. by him. Um, kind of what was going through your head whenever you heard the rumblings that he was coming back to X? Well, I'm sure you guys know he came back, he came back to the UConn game. Uh, right. what was that about a month and a half ago? Um, I mean, obviously, no, none of us knew anything then if he was coming back or not, but it got kind of you know, as a just like you guys and all of all Xavier fans, we kind of could kind of start hearing the rumblings about you know, possibly having a coaching change and all that stuff. And Coach Steele was there when I was at Xavier, too. So I have a lot of respect for him. And, you know, everybody's asking me questions about if I know anything and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not really in the program anymore, so I don't have any inside information per, per se. But, um, you know, we all kind of look – we were all kind of looking around like, all right, why is he back? You know what I mean? So right. that got us thinking about it. And then also it was just good to see him. I haven't seen him since – you know, 2000, what, 2009. So I've oh, talked wow. to him a couple of times over like, you know, text messages and on the phone and stuff, but that's the first time I'd seen him or uh, his wife in a long time. Now, now when you, when you saw him, what were the vibes? Like, was he like sweaty a bunch or was it was pretty dry? <laughs> no, the first, I don't think that he knew I was coming. Um, you know, we were kind of in a line walking in. And, um, you know, it was kind of, I mean, it, I, I don't know about for him, but for me, it was kind of an emotional thing because, you know, the last time I saw him was him telling me that he was leaving for Arizona. So, you know, it was, uh, it was really cool, honestly, you know, it was really, just really good to see him, but no, he wasn't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a fan, Kenny, like, I'm sure like our emotional connection is nowhere near yours, but like, that was like my childhood. You know what I mean? Like watching mm-hmm. Sean Miller teams and just seeing like you and like Weez and Justin Dolman. And like, it was, it really hit your heartstrings. It, I think it's really, really cool. Like all the former player love that that's been coming around since Sean Miller got on. Yeah. I mean, I know CJ, CJ, I mean, you see it all on Twitter. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Weez oh, yeah. Network, baby. <laughs> CJ may have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> I do like finding I do like Twitter though because it lets me know what CJ Anderson's buying from Walmart. I really do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of content I'm here for. 
<laughs> oh, mm-hmm. dude, CJ's, CJ's the dude, man. He was Udonis Haslam. Zip him up. It was great. Um, so, all right, so you played – you committed to Sean. I actually watched you play in high school. You, like, destroyed my high school team. Um, I, was, I wasn't playing because I was, like, five feet at the time. But um, mm-hmm. you, I think you dropped 40 and 20. It wasn't the exact numbers, but you shot, like, 14 or 15 from the stripe. It was a pretty, pretty solid night at the office um up in Canton um but what so you committed to Sean what was it like going through that coaching change obviously you commit to a coach and, and Chris Mack was on staff but walk us through what that was like if you don't mind um you know it's a roller coaster for sure because you know one of the main recruiting points when coach Miller came on was I'm going to be here all four years you know what I mean yeah um you know I never held it against them at all because you know it was kind of a life lesson for me too you know you realize really quickly how how much of a business it really is, even at the college level. And now, you know, it seems like even at the high school level, uh, the kids are getting, you know, I'm sure if you look somewhere, they probably have a list for like the top 25 fifth graders in the country. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's just crazy how much more pressure there is on kids these days. Um, you know, we were getting to that point when I was in high school. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, going through the coaching change was, you know, it was rough because you, you, you commit to a guy and obviously coach Mack was one of the guys that recruited me pretty heavily when, cause you know, Miller's not there every time. So you got right. the assistants coming down and um, now coach Miller did end up coming to Canton, you know, the times that he was allowed to come, you know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. It was a, it was a crazy time for sure. I mean, I can't, I don't really, really remember my emotions about the whole thing because you're so locked into just like, all right, let's step up. But who's what like next in line, who's going to, who's going to be the coach. Am I going to stay at Xavier? Uh, You know, all this stuff is like going through your head. And, you know, for me, it didn't make sense. I didn't want to leave because I already had a year. I had friends there, you know, at the time I was still dating my wife now. So it was just like, you know, there's a lot of things that went into decision rather than just basketball. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I really can't remember my emotions at the time, but I just remember it just being a really crazy period for probably like six months. No and, doubt, uh, man, I feel it. Go ahead, Coop. Especially with Chris Mack, um, obviously we all have a ton of respect for both Sean Miller and Chris Mack, but playing for both of them, was it like an immediate change you could see or what were kind of some of the parallels and maybe some of the contrasts of playing uh, for Sean Miller and Chris Mack? Um, you know, there, I mean, there's a difference and, you know, that's, it's not really something I would want to talk about, but, you know, I think, I think the main point is, is that, you know, ever since probably Skip Prosser, there's mm-hmm. been, you know, this, like this system that was put in place, um, whether that be, you know, pack line defense, um, you know, that's something that something that they drill into you from the very, very first day that you walk on the campus is that when you're playing defense, you're going to have an answer for every situation. And it's up to you to learn that and know it and execute it. Yeah. And so I think that as far as like a play style goes, I don't know that there was a huge difference like on the court. The. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, things just change. There's different personalities. So the locker room might be a little bit different. The, but as far as like how we played the game, I don't think it was really, 
I don't know. I, I think it was a it was an easy transition because they they ran similar systems. Uh, nothing that we had learned the year before was changed really. So it was a pretty easy transition. I got a random question. I know I saw you on social media talking about how you'd run a wall for for Sean Miller, and I started feeling bad for that wall because that just couldn't be a fun time. Having uh, <laughs> Kenny Freeze go go right into you, but you kind of it seems like you have a really strong connection with them. Would you mind like getting into like why like you feel that sh- strongly about Coach Miller? Um. Well, you know, he was the first coach that recruited me. Um, I got, I got offered, you know, by, I got offered scholarships by pretty much every school in the country, except for like, yep. I don't know, there was, there was, it would be easier for me to tell you the schools that didn't offer me. Right. Than did. Um, right. So, and, you know, and that's all to say, not, you know, a little humble brag there, you know, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's, that's all to say that the reason that I picked Xavier was because of Sean Miller. Um it's just something about, you know, when you talk to him, um, he's a really personable guy. But like when you when you play for him, and there's a video that's up on Twitter, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's the one where he's, it's like D Brown, CJ, oh yeah, Drew Lav, and you you know how he's like he's like looking them all in the <laughs> eyes. And I had said something to CJ about it too. We were talking about it. It was just like when he talked to you, the way that he commanded the huddle and the way that he got his point across and had his guys just ready to go out there and, you know, get somebody. Um, It's just, I mean, I fell in love with the coaching style and you just, you know, it wasn't like with a lot of coaches, they get that way and you feel like a pressure to go and do something like, and you like, you, you kind of, especially as a younger guy, you feel this pressure of like, the crowd and you know what you what your coach expects from you what your team expects from you all this stuff you feel that but when Miller was saying it it was like go out there and get it done because that's just like that's what you need to do you know what I mean it's not like you got to go do that because all these people out here are waiting for you to do it you know it's it was all about like we got our locker room we got our guys we we all believe we could beat anybody in the country and you know it was just like playing for each other and doing what you got to do doing your job and just kind of like taking it down to that, that like personal level to where you could kind of manage it, especially as a 19 year old kid. I love it. Coop, if you, if you have anything, you can totally talk over me. Those were some tough teams. Kenny, dude, like that Sean Miller era had the nastiest teams. And I've, you know, follow all basketball, but I've been a Xavier Dyer since I've been a little kid, but like those are the nastiest teams I've ever seen in my entire life. Can you speak to that and like what it was like being in those groups? Cause I, I imagine the senior leadership was fucking crazy too. Like, what was it like being on those teams? Um, you know, I can, yeah. It, I mean, g- coming in, especially cause they went to the elite eight the year before I got there. Yeah. So like you had a bunch of guys in the locker room that were, they were just hungry to get back. And yeah. so the, just stepping into that culture and, you know, at the time we're in the A-10, and, you know, like it was just like in the locker room, the culture around the campus, around the team, when we were going, it was always just like, okay, let's get, let's, we got our off seasons, we got our off season schedule and it's always going to be tough. We're going to be playing, you know, LSU, yeah. Florida, Kansas state. Like, I mean, it was like yep. crazy teams you were playing. Yeah. And then, you know, we would get into the, to the A-10 and it was just like, all right, just go take care of business, you know? And so like, that was just like learning that culture. And, you know, we always used to say, 
I mean, this was before the zip them up days and all that, <laughs> but, you know, because we, we were always going for, you know, we always were going for kills, you know, the three stops in a row. And like, you had these like kind of buzzwords almost where it was just, it was just like meant to pump you up and give you a goal, smaller goals within the game. You know, you have your four minute wars where it's like, you're breaking the game down into four minute segments between the TV timeouts. And we would always, we would have somebody on the sideline keeping score of those four minute wars. So it was just like, breaking this this enormous thing down where you're playing on ESPN, you're yeah. pra- playing in front of 10,000 people and just breaking it down to a four-minute segment. What are you going to go out and do in that four-minute segment and just keeping it keeping it to that point? And, you know, if you win, if you win more four-minute wars, you know, 90% of the time you're going to win the game. So that was just – that was the big thing that we had. And the seniors were really good about making sure that, that we always stayed focused and, um, you know, especially in the offseason – uh, before the season started, you know, it was just, I was really lucky to come in with that group of guys because we had a, you know, we had a big freshman class. There's five of us. So, you know, it was just, if we didn't have that big senior class that was really there to like push us and, um, you know, stay on us to make sure that we're putting the right, putting the work in, doing the, doing everything that we had to do in the off season to physically and mentally get ourselves ready for, uh, you know, division one college basketball, big time college basketball season. If we didn't have that, it would have been a, you know, a completely different story. And I still say to this day, if D Brown comes back our sophomore year, you know, there's a chance we win. The, there's a chance we win the title that year. I mean, and we still had a chance with Jay Craw. Yeah. And, you know, you got Jay Craw and not to, not to say anything bad about anybody else, but I mean, Jordan Crawford, Mark Lyons, two Holloway, like those dudes were, I mean, honestly, sometimes you just sit back and you're like, man, this is fun to watch. Like, I'll be, <laughs> right. I'll be playing, I'd be playing with it. And I'm like, two would do some crazy, like, the, the one thing that sticks out in my head all the time. I don't know if you remember this, but we were playing Purdue. We were down 16. Yep. You remember oh, that? Game? God, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, God, yes. Two, two did that pump fake at the top of the key and spun around on one foot and hit a three. And I just remember looking at him like, man, I'm glad you're on my side. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but we, we came in, we came in as a really tight group of guys. Um, and I still talk with, uh, with two and cheeks every once in a while, but you know, it's, you know, they're still playing and I'm not. So it's just, we're in different parts of our lives at this point, yeah. but, um, and plus, you know, they were playing in different countries than me, but we still try and connect every once in a while. I've started, I've started talking to, to, to Mark a little bit more, um, just because I'm trying to get myself back in shape to come back and play on the TBT team, but it's, it's tough. after two years man it's tough it's tough to get yourself back into that mindset of grinding every day and you know i mean when i quit when i retired i retired you know what i mean i just i, I was sitting you. down yeah you know you work hard for since i was 10 years old it's been my it was like my goal to play to play in the nba and obviously that never happened but from the time i was 10 years old until you know until probably you know two years out of college i still had that like got to get to the NBA mindset. And yep. so then once you, once you're done with your career and you get a second to just kind of sit back and like, cause you know, when you don't make it to the NBA and you don't, you don't make it onto the European team that you want to, or whatever it is, you don't get that, that accomplishment that whatever accomplishment it is you're looking for, you don't get it in the moment. It's like, man, it really, I can't believe that. I can't believe I didn't get it. But then once your career is over, you kind of take, take a step back and you're like, man, you did something that, you know, that not a lot of people get a chance to do. And like having that overhead view of it is big. 
dude, you had an incredible career. Uh, it's kind of like that Thanos looking at the sunset kind of vibe, like you, the job is done. So when did you stop playing? And would you mind maybe just kind of giving us a run through like what life after X looked like? Yeah. That's, so uh, we, I stopped playing in, I officially told my agent to stop looking for a job in 2019, September of 2019. Okay. Um, you know, my last couple of years playing over there, um, the tall. game started, the game started changing a lot and it started changing right when I got into, right when I started playing professional basketball, like the first couple of years, there was a guy that played over there named John Bryant and he was a big, big guy like me. And, um, he was kind of like tearing up the league in Germany. And so like, you know, they, the team that brought me on their team, the team that they, that he played for was their like derby game was what they call it. But it's just like a rivalry. It was like 45 yeah. minutes away from each other. And so they brought me on basically to be like, okay, go stop this guy. And, you know, it's, it, he had a couple good years. He got a, he got a huge paycheck. He went to a, went to a team and, you know, the, the coach that he was playing for wanted to, he was a running gun style coach, wanted him out hedging ball screens and just didn't put him in a good spot. He didn't have the best year. And then all of a sudden you start to see all the big guys kind of just fall by the wayside. And plus in Germany, you can only have six Americans on a team. So the American spots. Yeah. So like how you have to have at least six Germans and at least six Americans, or you can have only six Germans and at least. Oh, really? I can't talk. You can only have six (laughs) Americans and at least six Germans. Um, and so, you know, it starts to come down to, are you going to go after this German, this, there, this American big guy who's going to, you know, protect the paint, give you like, you know, 12 and eight a game, or are you going to try and go for a younger German guy that's not going to take up an American spot and go out and get a guard that's going to give you 20 a game and, you know, really like kind of put on a show type thing. But, you know, by the time I stopped playing, everybody just wanted a shot. Everybody want all the, yeah. you see all these people that everybody mm-hmm. want, just wants a shot and they'll go over there and they'll play for, I mean, I know specifically guys that would be playing over there for like 400 euros a month. And Jeez. like, I mean, <laughs> like that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? like that's, so, and I, I mean, wouldn't guys, do that. One of the, when I was in Germany, one of the guys, he was the leading scorer of the league playing for the team that I had played for the year before he was making 400 euros a month. He had just come out of college. He just wanted a chance to play. And, you know, he just, I mean, I I don't know. To me, that, to me, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, I guess if you're in that position and that's your only shot, then I guess you take it. But, you know, just kind of the, the market over there started to get real diluted. And, uh, you know, the, the, the higher teams just kept getting more and more money and playing the, paying those players more and more. And the lower teams or like the middle teams is, which is where I was they were kind of just happy with staying in the league. They didn't want to get relegated. Um, so, and that's what they paid for. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So you played uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you'd have to say it. Like we know it, Andy. (laughs) Cheap (laughs) shot. Kenny, being on the zip up, like being involved with that last year, it was interesting talking to like a lot of the guys like Mark and Samaje and stuff, kind of hearing about like overseas ball and kind of hearing like some of like the darker sides of it. Like, what was your experience like, if, if you don't mind speaking on it? Like, was it – how difficult was that? Well, I can tell you, like, the first minute that I stepped my step feet into Germany, I was like, 
I was like, man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to do this. Like, I can't. Yeah. You know, you, you. I was living out in this. I, the team that I played for was was called Tubingen, and it was like I was living like 15 minutes outside of a city that was already pretty small in like this area. I mean, I was literally living next to a, in an apartment, and the people next to me had like cows and chickens in their yard. Like, I mean, <laughs> oh, it was wow. out Jesus in the booth. And, and I remember like sitting down. I sat down on the couch in the place, and. I turned the TV on and it was in German. And then I like went to pick up my phone. I realized that my phone, I didn't like, I didn't have my uh, German phone number yet. So every phone call that I made was like, you know, it would cost me like $50 to make a phone call home. You know what I mean? So like, I would be, I, w- I just remember sitting there thinking like, man, I, don't, I really don't know if I can do this. Um, but, you know, you start to learn the culture a little bit, learn a little bit of the language. You have your teammates there, you find your restaurants and things that you like to go to. Um, and I, you know, I acclimated to the European lifestyle very well. Like by the time I was done, I absolutely, I love Germany. I really do. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Um, awesome. But you know, the basketball side of it is the basketball side of it's just different. The mind, the whole mindset's different. Um, you know, you get a lot of coaches over there that are, uh, I don't know. And it really depends on like the coach's nationality, you know, like, you know, Serbian coaches are just going to, you know, they're going to be screaming at you in the language you don't understand just <laughs> running, you know, running you until your feet fall off. Um, American coaches are similar to like a college basketball coach, I would say. But then you got like German coaches and Austrian coaches and they all have their own, their own styles, but they kind of all fall into the same category as the country they're from. And like, you know, I, I, I remember hearing a story about a player that played for like Munich or something. He had a, Serbian coach and every time he would put him this guy in the game he would be like all right go get in the game fat pig like he would say that to him like the Ser- <laughs> like the Serbian coaches over there some of them are Ooh. I had a Serbian coach my, my first year and he was awesome um but like you know you get into those higher level teams where you're making a lot of money and there's a lot of expectation yeah. on you those coaches are like they, they'll if you're insecure about something they'll find it <laughs> that's why uh-huh how difficult is that, like, when a coach is, you know, speaking a different language than a lot of their players? Was that ever, like, I've always wondered that. Is that, like, a really tough thing to overcome? Well, in Germany, Germany is one of the only European leagues that's completely run in English. Like, all the, the – oh, even, okay. even when a German coach is talking to a German ref, they'll speak English. So, like, really? you really know what's, you know what's happening. The coach is always talking English in the huddle. Now, when I was in Turkey, I was in Turkey for, like, six months – and my coach only spoke Turkish. He didn't speak one word of English. So I had to have a translator stand next to me while we were in the huddle and stuff. And that was definitely, a, that's definitely difficult because, you know, I don't always have the same views, maybe you could say as my coach. And right. so when I have something to say, when I got to say it and then get it translated, I don't even yeah. know what that guy's saying. I don't know if he's translating what I said or if he's just, you know, calling me an idiot and then telling me to get back. <laughs> <in the game. laughs> So it's like, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's you definitely a, yeah, right. Exactly. He could have been, who knows, who knows? but you know, it's, so there's definitely, definitely a language barrier. And then also just like a learning curve for being comfort, comfortable enough to live over there and then kind of learning the yeah. way that, um, you know, just the culture and everything. It's just, you got to be careful with certain things. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't, there's, it's not, not really stuff I want to go into because like it's stuff that they tell you right off the bat. And it wasn't for me, obviously, cause I was married, but like, 
you know, guys go over there and it's like going out to a bar, like, you know, the, there's certain, certain groups of people over there that you don't want to mess with a girl that has, you know, so it's like, yeah. you got to be careful with the whole, the culture of everything is, um, that was, that was a big adjustment too. Now, what it was your favorite, cool uh, what was your favorite German beer, beer out there? There's a beer called, um, oh man, Meiselweissen. It's like a orange, uh, wheat beer. <laughs> It's incredible, man. There's so the way that they do their beers over there is like every area, every region of the country has its own beer. So like you'll go out to a bar and there will be a little sign outside of the bar, and that's the kind of beer they have, and that's all they have. So like, yeah. you know, it's it, it's interesting, you know, because you can kind of walk from bar to bar, and like they'll just you walk in and it's like what, you know, can I get this or that? And they're like, no, they just pour you a liter <laughs> draft beer and give it to you. Did you love that part of that lifestyle? Oh yeah, it's. I mean, that part is like <clears throat> what my. But my first team over there, we were all like, we didn't have a guy that was over twenty five, so we were. I mean, we were just, you know, <laughs> yeah. all kids right out of college, and like, you know, it was, and like, there's no, there's no uh, open container laws and stuff like that over there. Jesus. So you know, you're just. And the bars don't close. So like you, you know, you go out at like 11 o'clock after a game and you open the doors and it's like 730 in the morning and you're like, whoa, <laughs> where did the time go, man? Right, right. Kenny, I've always thought this, though. I feel like you're in prime position, though, to be in Germany. Like, is there anyone that you can't out drink? Uh, if there is, I haven't met him yet. <laughs> answer. It's a good answer. But it is challenge cool, though, accepted. Like, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, he's like 160 pounds. Yeah. Kenny wouldn't even be freaking tipsy by the time you were hammered drunk and <laughs> drooling on the floor ass. Um, but you also have to do stuff that like no one gets to do. Like it's gotta be on one hand, I'm sure in the moment it's tough, but like you look back on it, it's gotta be a cool experience, yeah. man. Yeah, for sure. You know, kind of just point to you know, I've been to we we've me and my wife have gone all over Europe. You know, the train systems yeah. over there are incredible. So you kind of just you can just move around pretty freely, but I would say the one, like normally when people ask me the question, like what's an experience that you had over there that you'll like never forget. And the one thing that my wife and I always point to is we took a trip, we took a trip from Germany to, to Sweden and in Stockholm, we flew, we were there for like two days. And then we flew up to a city in the Arctic circle called Karuna. We took this little like prop jet. There was like eight people on the plane. Jeez. We go in, we go to Karuna. It, we get out the plane and it's negative 60 degrees outside. And you go out to your little hotel and it's just like four little buildings and then like a general store. And that's the whole town. And so then we, we like, it was one of my buddies, one of my teammates was with us and his girlfriend and then me and my wife. And, you know, the, we woke up the next morning and went sled dog riding like I literally was Damn. on the back of a sled dog oh. and my wife was sitting on the sled and they like take you out through, it's like a 25 mile, not 25 miles, probably 15 miles. They take you out to this like big TP that they have like a fire pit set up in and they cook you all this like traditional food from the area. Um, and then that night we went back, we went out on snowmobiles and went out and saw the Northern lights. Like, it, I mean, Damn. like that kind of stuff, you just, that's the kind of stuff that stays with you forever. And, you know, I didn't get to play a minute in the NBA, but, you know, I've been able to, I went out, was able to go out to the Arctic circle and, you know, the, you know, those things are, are equal in different ways. You know, that's so cool. Though. Kevin Durant be... say, can't say that. What's that? <laughs> Kevin Durant can't say that. 
Yeah, probably not. But no. one for Kenny Freeze. But he could he could say it in two days if he wanted to. <laughs> well, I would be pissed if I got true. an Airbnb and it was a TP though. Yeah, well, luckily yeah. it wasn't a TP. <laughs> go, go ahead, Coop. Now, Kenny, in uh, your uh, Twitter bio, I noticed that you claim to be the um, one thousand seven hundred and sixty first tallest man in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Before I, we uh, figure out the research behind that and everything, do you think you're the tallest person to ever go to the Arctic Circle, though? Hmm. Good chance. Maybe I'll put that in the bio. Hey, <laughs> I mean, no one's going to prove you wrong. There's no well, evidence Although, you know, that. you got up in some of those Nordic countries, people get pretty tall. So, I don't know. I can see it. Coop, in my head, I'm seeing, like, a, a tall person conference every year where they have to, like, go and, like, measure everybody. Like, the top 3,000 people have to meet in one place and they just stand <laughs> right. side by side. Just a funny no. picture in my head. Yeah, so I, you, you've never had to do that, huh? No, not not okay. yet. Right. Maybe someday. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, but you think that uh, one thousand seven hundred and sixty-first? You think that's probably pretty accurate? Oh man! I, so when I did that, it's funny that you asked me that question because I've actually had people, like random people, just DM me and ask me if it's true, and I'm like, no, it's not true. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh man! Damn, I took it to the bank, Kenny. I have to admit, I, I laughed a little bit, a little too hard at my own joke when I put that on, on my bio, but I have had That's multiple hilarious. people ask me about it. I love that. <laughs> That's great. And it, no, we definitely no have more that, questions. No Go idea ahead. that you were like a college basketball star or played professional Nothing. basketball. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. are you actually? Right, yeah. right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> pretty cool claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. True. Kenny, but also, too, you spoke on it a little bit, like, your basketball career was like 99th percentile of like basketball careers. Like you had an incredible basketball career, all things considered. What do you think about it? Like what's your takeaway? Like when you're Thanos moment, you look at the sunset, like what do you think about your basketball career at this point? Um, that, that statistic always, you know, it used to make me like, I don't know. The longer I look at that stat, because obviously I can look, I can always look at it and say that, you know, you know, 99.9% of people that start playing right. basketball when they're 10 years old, don't get to the point that I did. And I, I fully understand that. And I'm not, uh, and I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. But, you know, when you look at the percentage of people that, when you look at the percentage of people that have like entered the NBA draft or sure. the percentage of people that played for top 25 college basketball teams, things like that, you know, like probably in like the bottom 40%. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I mean, maybe not that low, but you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. like for me, the, I've always had a different bar than that, than that statistic, than that statistic. But, um, you know, like you said, though, looking back on it as a whole sitting here as a 32 year old, that's washed up. Like I can look back and say that I, that I'm proud of what I did. Um, but it's taken me a while to get to that point. Sure. And I think that's also just the mark of a competitor. I mean, I'm sure, you know, being in, in those kind of stakes, you have to be 99.9th mm -hmm. percentile competitive too. And right. uh, kind of pains me to hear that. Cause like we, we love watching you, man. Like you had a hell of a career. Um, but I, uh, I, you, I, I, I love going back. So, sorry. I need to get a drink. Um, my, I love <laughs> going back to Xavier. Um, I, you know, I didn't go back for a while. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much you guys remember about when I left, but I didn't exactly leave on the, greatest terms with the organization yeah um but you know since then i've gone back and kind of had some 
some conversations with him. When Mac was there, I went back one time and, uh, you know, I've talked with some of the guys that were there. Um, I've gone back a couple of times since Seal was the coach. Um, but, you know, I've kind of mended a lot of that, a lot of those relationships that maybe weren't great when I left. But, um, yeah, I, I'll tell you, I just, I love, I really do love Xavier. And it's something that I, I'm still passionate about to this day. When I look at, when I'm watching the games, um, you know, I get really, really angry watching basketball because something that I've, something that I've, that's always been like the thing that I had, you know, I wasn't always the most athletic person. I could, I wasn't the best free throw shooter. I wasn't the best shooter, whatever it was, but the, something that I always had was I know the game of basketball. And so when I sit and watch kids play, you know, these 19 to 21 year old kids, and I remember the way that I thought when I was playing and I know in their minds, what they're thinking is what I just did was right. And when I'm watching them play, I'm like, you're wrong. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's hard for me to watch basketball sometimes. Yeah. I love that. But dude, Xavier nation loves you, man. Like me and my dad still talk about shit you did back in the day. Like, honestly, we, we got big love for you, bro. I went back to Dana's, uh, after the Yukon game. And I, so I, and I got that feeling. So, you know, it's always Dude, nice to I go can... back. I always tell my wife, if I'm ever feeling depressed, I'm just going to go to Dana's. Bro. Like <laughs> I told a couple people we were interviewing tonight, like Xavier fans. And they're like, are you fucking kidding me? That's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> dude, we love you, bro. Like, yeah. Or worry. even <laughs> if you sell it on Twitter, um, just yeah. me and you, uh, um, tweeting back and forth, trying to set it up. Like mm -hmm. people were replying or sending me DMS like, dude, you need to make this happen. Like we're, we're all in, like, we're going to listen. Yeah. So, yeah, just... well, I appreciate it. that. I, I appreciate it. Cause I, I mean, I gave, I gave, you know, four yeah. awesome years to Xavier and I really appreciate the, uh, I really Absolutely. appreciate the love I've gotten back. That's for sure. Oh, and you yeah, played, you'll, you'll always be a, a fan favorite for sure. Oh, always. And, and so Kenny, you're 32, I'm 29. I think we're all about the same age. Awesome podcast. But like I was like 15, 16, I think like your freshman year, maybe your sophomore year, whatever. But like, that's that age still where like you look up to like, to count like and it's different now like i'm a grown man now but like mm -hmm. when you're young like the xavier players are like your heroes like mm -hmm. so like you were still yeah. like that era so like i think about the guys you played with like you too mark all those guys like looked up to those guys like our fucking heroes man going to like sean miller basketball camp and shit and like mm -hmm. like holy fuck that's kenny freeze like so it, it's still a big I, I don't know if you know how big a deal that shit is to a lot of and xavier fans are fucking psychos dude like we love our goddamn xavier basketball so it, it's but it's an it's, it's an honor having you on it's just great having you around the community for real yeah, I, well, I appreciate it. I, I mean, I love talking about I love talking about this stuff, and I love talking about Xavier basketball in particular because I am, you know, I still am a diehard fan of Xavier basketball. I watch I watch the games. I'm you know, and it's I still get really really passionate about it, and yeah, you know, I still, you know, to this day, I still get like DMs from you know Cincinnati fans and stuff, and that stuff always. <laughs> oh, me up, you know? dude, I, I saw you going at him on Twitter a while ago. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. You know, they always the one guy I'll never forget the one guy. This was like two months ago. And this is just one of those things that it will always stick with me. I said something and the guy was like, you know, it's a 32 year old dude, uh, you know, talking about a rival school like he's 16 years old, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, number one, I still feel like a huge part of the Xavier community. So, you know, I'm going to talk shit about Cincinnati until the day I die. Um, oh, man. But Fuck the yeah. thing, but like, you know, I had, I used to have a kid, a Cincinnati fan. I never figured out who it was. They called me for two years straight at three o'clock in the morning and challenged me no to a fight in a ring of fire. So 
if I can deal with that for two years, these these little babies can deal with a tweet, you know. Dude, those I don't know how I don't know if you want to talk about that shit. We don't have to get into it at all. But like, just the time was fucking insane. That might be. It, I mean, I'm returning on first take, and it's all Stephen A. and Skip we're talking about. It was that mm-hmm. damn brawl? I was like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ! I can only, and I know that you like we're plugged in that Twitter bullshit. Like those UC fans have an affinity for Kenny Freeze. Like maybe the way we feel about Mick Cronin might be the way they feel about <laughs> Kenny Freeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, that yeah, must have been insane. Was, I can only imagine back then too, uh, like what your life must have been like. Oh, I remember, like you know, just I don't want to get into any of the like right. the real nitty gritty stories. No, but, of course. Uh, you know, I, the one thing that I always, one of the things that I remember of like just being around the Cincinnati campus, we went to what's it called, Woody's? That yeah, Cincinnati Woody's, bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I walked into Woody's the one. The, I've, I've been there one time, and you know, like it was a couple of my buddies that because all my the closest friends at Xavier when I was there were were not basketball players. So like I would go hang out with them. Um, and we went, we walked into that bar and like, you know, I kind of, I was able to walk to my walk to the bar and get a drink and then walk that well, two drinks and walk back to my table. And we were sitting at the table and then all of a sudden, like one person starts booing me, the next person starts booing me. And by the end of it, it's the, you know, the whole bar is, is booing me. And this is like really before, you know, iPhones had, had phone, like you could record somebody, you know? So like yeah. all this stuff was, I didn't have to worry about, you know, being an idiot because for the most part, if somebody, somebody could take a picture of me or something or a really super grainy video and it's like, is that really him? Yeah. Whatever. Right. So, right. you know, I stand up, chug my two beers and walk out and, you know, <laughs> just like one of those things that I'm just like flipping them off on the way out, you know, but it's, you know, man, Cincinnati fans. And, you know, I have no, I don't have any, ill will towards any Cincinnati fans or anything. It's all in good fun. And, you know, obviously so a little bit of hatred, but um, it's just one of those things. It's a, it's the crosstown shootout, man. If you, yeah. if you're a Xavier fan, if you've been around the Xavier program at all, and the, the crosstown shootout doesn't make your blood boil, like you're just, you might not have a pulse. You might not. That's a good topic. What was your mentality going into that game? I feel like a lot of people talk about it differently. I feel like it's changed a lot over time, but what is, what was your, what would you think about that game back in the day? Um, man, that game was like, cause you know, you always had Dayton too. So Dayton was right. a big right. rival. People would always talk about Dayton and like, you know, I don't know. Dayton. I remember, I remember I was talking to a reporter about this one time and it was like, you know, Dayton is kind of like that, that team from a far off land. You know, they're not that far away, but like you don't see them all the time. Right. I would see, I mean, the Cincinnati players would come to Xavier and play open gym. I would see him out. I would see him out in the city. Like it was just like really, really close to home. And when that game came around the whole, I mean, you're always intense. Coach Miller, coach Mack, they're always intense. But when that game came around, man, it was like leading up to three or four days before that game. Whew, you didn't want to say the wrong thing. You didn't want to, you don't want to, you know, step in the wrong place, whatever it was, because they would just lay into you because they know how important that game is to Xavier fans. I mean, winning the Crosstown shootout, especially then, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of died down a little bit because, you know, they didn't play for like three years. I mean, it's obviously still a huge rivalry. Don't get me wrong, but at that point. It was more turned up back then. I, I can attest. It was yeah. way more turned up. And, you know, even like the the extracurricular stuff like people were tweeting at each other and like this day and age you don't see that kind of stuff anymore because twitter was so new then and so like coaches weren't really like 
policing it. I feel like they probably are now. Um, And so like, you know, I mean, you know, the story with two and those guys tweeting back and forth about all that stuff. And like, so that kind of stuff, it just, it really does. I mean, it's like as a competitor and I mean, I don't know, I'm a competitive dude. Mark Lyons is a competitive dude. Jordan Crawford's a competitive dude, but two Holloway is like just on a different level. Like when you you want to talk competitive. Yeah. I mean, not, and that that's not saying anything bad about Jay crawl and cheeks. It's just two was like laser focused, man, just all the time. It's all he thought about. And, uh, you know, so when he would get, and he never got mad at people. So when he got mad, it was like, all right, he, something is going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> he was, he was always real even keel, no matter what the situation was, you couldn't really tell what he was thinking, but when he would really get mad and like, that's what happened before that Cincinnati game. And you could kind of see the writing on the wall that something was going to happen because, you know, there was always the rivalry with me, with me and Yancey, you know, I've been yep. playing against him since I was, I mean, since we were young, we played against each other in AAU and stuff. Um, and then obviously like my freshman year, we got into that. We got into a scuffle in that game. That was when D Brown was playing. I think, I don't know. I don't remember if D Brown got kicked out of that game. Um, but I know that there was like seven technical fouls oh, yeah. between the two teams. Like, it was a really crazy game. And then it just kind of culminated to the end where, you know, you have all those guys that were a part of that game and now they've been a part of it for four years as seniors. And it's just, I mean, the, it was a powder keg, man. It was just ready to go. And, and you saw what happened. So you zipped them up. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that was the one that was when, when I got that tweet about the guy saying that he was trolling me, it was like right after the crosstown shootout, I was like, I can't, I, I tweet or right before I was like, I can't wait for all these Cincinnati fans <laughs> to be in my DMS about, about the 10 year anniversary when they lost by 23 points, literally and all these people, you know, I get all these people, all these people talking crabs on grab. And then you see lost in the, uh, the football final four, you know, and I'm just like, so, and I said, some teams just have a loser. Some schools just have a yeah, losing culture. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's when, that's when people really started hitting me because I couldn't give a crap less about Cincinnati football or any, really any football, uh, college football, at least. I mean, I like, Notre, I, I love Notre Dame, but that's a whole different story. My guy. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I've, yeah, I, I grew up, I grew up watching Rudy, man. I couldn't be anything but yeah. a Notre Dame fan. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, you know, so like the football thing, it was literally just a joke. You know, I feel yeah. bad for those guys because, you know, as a competitor, I know how much you want to win that game and it has nothing to do with, the, you know, it's just, it's just the jabs that Xavier and Cincinnati take back and forth at each other. And I always think it's funny when people get super sensitive about that stuff. It's like, if you can't take it, then just get off Twitter. Especially if you didn't even play, like you played, like you have a real emotional investment. Like we're just right. fucking fans, dude. Like just yeah. like chill. And it's just jabs. Like, right. but there's no oh, better way to get affinity from Xavier fans than to do that kind of shit. We love it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we love it. No, that's for sure. It really it is. I mean, and I, I mean, Xavier basketball and anybody can say anything they want about, you know, the, the history of Cincinnati. And, you know, they've always obviously had some really good coaches, really good teams, sure. really good players. There's no doubting that, but, you know, as far as the city of Cincinnati goes, Xavier's the NBA team in Cincinnati, and that's just not even close. Oh, snaps, baby. Amen. <laughs> that's music right there. We might have to cut that and make that the intro. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, dude. What What did you think? This has just popped in my head. What did you think about a certain John Paul Macura? You know, the, <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I mean, 
first of all, I would say that like the first thing that I really knew about him was that I would have probably loved to hang out. With him. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of got yeah. that vibe. Um, you know, he's a tough nosed dude. I, at that point in my, you know, that was pretty, pretty recent for me with basketball, with Xavier basketball. And at the same time, I was really just looking at scores because it's like yeah. when they're playing, when they were playing, it was three o'clock in the morning for me. So right. I wasn't getting to watch a lot of games. I was still, you know, I was still checking in and making like watching records, seeing what they were. And I remember there's a picture of me sitting uh, when I was in Braunschweig because I was playing with a dude named Josh Gasser. He played for Wisconsin um, and Xavier was playing Wisconsin in the tournament game. And he, they Wisconsin ended up winning on a crazy like fall away three from the corner. Yeah. And um you know, I just remember, I remember being like, Josh, get out of here because I'm going to be angry for the rest of the night. And like, we had like a, we had like a $500 bet on the game and I was just, I was just pissed, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, um, you know, but JP, I mean, all I know really about him is how tough he is. I know that he's, I know he's extremely talented. I talked to him a little bit. The one time I came back is his, they were talking to me about like the process of getting an agent and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know it a whole lot about him i just know that you know yeah I know that xavier people like him so you know that's been I, just, my book. I just don't know if anyone's been hated by uc fans other than you maybe more than jp Pacura. yeah that maybe. yeah i don't know i really don't it's close don't it's close did you did you troll gas for the next year when jp gator chopped wisconsin <laughs> no, <laughs> no i didn't i wasn't playing with him that year i think he may i think he only played for one year uh, okay. It's just you know, some guys go over there, and it's just not the lifestyle they're looking for. You know, and that's totally get it. You know, I mean, some guys, I know guys that stay in the G League for seven, eight years before they decide to go try and play overseas, just because people, some people don't like to be out of their comfort zone. I've heard, I've heard. I mean, it's a tough transition, man. I can only imagine. So we can let you go whenever you need to. You can ring the bell whenever you need to get out of here. Um, but we'll probably wrap it in like twenty minutes or so, just so you know, respect your time. Um, but. So you brought up to Holloway. Can we talk about that Kansas State game real quick? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck was that like, man? Jesus. Well, so that game, that game, I, you know, I was in the, I don't know, that season wasn't really my season. I just, I, yeah. I put on some weight. Um, I wasn't really like connecting with, I mean, the team I always connected with. I was always close with the guys. But just like I didn't, I never really felt in sync when I was on the court. And yeah. that game, I don't know if you remember, I only played like three minutes that game. So like I got to watch the whole game. And I can tell you, like, I'll probably never sit courtside for a game that good ever again. That was <laughs> oh, man. incredible, man. Incredible. Like, and to and to think about like not to not to change the subject, but to think about that the Kansas State game the pit game and the Baylor game, yeah. all three mm -hmm. of those games being our chances to go to the elite eight and to have that game, you know, and then pit, it's like, you know, we're a quarter of an inch away from the, getting the ball back and the game's over. Um, yeah. Then, you know, Kansas state, was it double overtime or triple overtime? Du double double overtime. Okay. Double felt overtime. Like triple though. It felt like triple for sure. Yeah. Cause I know Jordan hit two huge threes, two oh half three dude. throws. Like, I mean, it Out just minds. You remember the announcer in that game? Just um, no, dude, Dust Dust Johnson, Johnson, baby. I saw, saw Mercurio tweet the other day, like, if one dude had hit a certain shot, I don't know if Gus is with us anymore, bro. Like, right. he was yeah. out of his yeah. skull, dude. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, and, you know, I got some funny stories about, about Jordan Crawford. Like, he came back 
after he graduated, he came back and this was when Des Wells or yeah. not graduated, but you know, after he left. Yeah. Um, Des Wells was a freshman at the time and we were playing open gym and, you know, uh, Craw came back for, a an open gym and then you know he's just he's dribbling down the court and it's game point you know how he just kind of like his his game just like you know smooth jazz music he's never Absolutely. moving too fast he's just so he's walking down the court and he looks over and he's like hey cheeks how many times have you seen this before and he's just like going between his legs and des is backing up and uh you know craw is like he takes one dribble over half court and des is like three feet off him and he pulls up and shoots the ball makes it nothing but net game's over and Des Wells just looks over at us like, what the, what am I supposed to do with that? You know what I mean? Like, and that's what Jordan Crawford was. Like he was an automatic oh, bucket. If you, if he was one-on-one, nobody's stopping. And that had to be such a confidence piece, especially when you go in like the A-10 part of the season, you know, crawls year, you got the baddest dude on the court every game. And it's not even close, mm-hmm. not even close. Like For sure. even in the and, NBA, know, something, dude. Something that people kind of, something that people kind of forget too. And some, I mean, and I don't understand why this is, but like, when people talk about those teams, I don't hear them talk about Jamel McLean a lot. And Jamel McLean was an absolute physical specimen. Like this dude playing against him every day in practice, he was always the, you know, I was bigger than him, but he was stronger. He was faster. He could jump higher. The dude was a freak. You know, he, he actually ended up going, he had a couple of great career. Yeah. It took him like three, it took him like three years to land the, like a job he wanted, but then, he went to Bonn in Germany. I played against him. I think it was my my third or fourth year. He went to Bonn. And then I think it was my third year. Yeah. So he went to Bonn. And then the next year signed in Berlin and got MVP of the German League. And then went and played for uh, Milano or Amarni Milano. And he's playing EuroLeague. Like that dude, number one, he got frick, he got he made a lot of money. And if you saw his game from the time he left Xavier till when he was playing Euroleague, like it was completely different. He was shooting fadeaway jumpers. I mean, he, that dude put in so much work and it was awesome to see. It was awesome to see him like really grow into the player that he did. That stuff has to be so cool as a player, like seeing guys that you played with in college, just completely blossom. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine like Crawford's first couple years in the NBA. He was a bucket in the NBA too. Like I remember Mm -hmm. watching him drop 30, like with the Celtics, like, it was probably nice seeing that though against NBA competition, being like, "Well, we got that shit in practice." It's like Nova right now. Like when I see them like fuck up teams, and then stuff, I'm like, "At least they do it to somebody else." Like Jesus Christ. When you see, I mean, so my my freshman year was Cheeks and Jay Crawl's sit out year, and yeah. so you know we used to play this game in practice called Perfect Possession, and so what Perfect Possession was, you'd start with the 30 second shot clock, you would play defense, and if like the you know, offense shoots the ball and you get a rebound, whatever the shot clock's at, it's the next, the next possession starts at that. So if you take it down to 12 seconds, get a stop, the offense gets the ball back with 12 seconds to go. If you score or if you get the ball in the paint, like in the box is what they call it, which is like three feet from the bucket, the shot clock starts over and you got to keep going until you get it down to zero and then get a defensive rebound. And so I can, I can remember vividly one time in practice, we were in the ox gym Two and two, or not two, uh, Cheeks and Jay Crawl were on the other team. The score was 99 to nothing before we got a stop. Oh, Holy shit. Like, we, we would get him down to like three seconds, two seconds, I mean, probably 20 times. And Crawl would check the ball up at the top, take two dribbles, hit a step back, like crazy three. And like, it's just like, all right, start over 30 more seconds. And it's just, and like, every time you get an offensive rebound, the clock would go up a second. 
So like there would be offensive rebounds. So by the time you're, it was crazy, man. That was like a three hour practice. That's the only thing we did the whole time. Man, it's brutal. Yeah. I mean, then that's what we were going against. That was our practice squad. You know what I mean? That's awesome, dude. So did you know, like, like before the whole season, like that he was going to be like that bad of a dude, like the set out year. Did you see it? Like, okay, he's going to be a problem. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I I knew who he was before. I mean, obviously dude, he went to, I mean, he was, he went to IU like big time player. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, you, you know that he's going to be good, but then you don't really, you don't feel it until you, until you're like, you know, trying to guard him, you know, switching out on him on a ball screen. Like I would just not do it and be like, no, you guys just get around <laughs> the ball screen. I'm not guarding because right. he's going to make me look stupid. And then it's, there's those players. I mean, obviously you guys are all good at that level. He had a great career, but like crawl into come to mind and Mark had tons of moments too, but like they just do shit to like, just, even great players don't do like, I remember like Jordan Crawford's scoop shot against Minnesota. Like there were just certain plays you had to just be like jaw on the floor. Like how yeah. the fuck did he do the one, that? The one thing that I, the one thing that like, if I had to point to like a move that I remember being like, how did he do that? And it, I mean, this was just all the time with Jay Crawford. but the one thing that he always used to do was he would take contact and shoot the ball on the way down. So the shot blocker was on his way down too. And he just like you couldn't get to the shot. You couldn't block him. It didn't matter. You could have been twelve feet tall, and you might not have gotten it. Like because he's he's getting your body while you're in the air, holding the ball, and then on his way down, just kind of floating it over top of you. I mean, like that kind of stuff. And that's why, like you said, he goes to the NBA and he's just getting like he's he's scoring on everybody. Yeah. Nobody can stop him. And it's like when you because the offense inherently always has an advantage over the defense. Yeah. And so if you're just a guy that's able to exploit that exploit that advantage every possession it's i mean you're it's in stop it's, it's unstoppable because the way that he could shoot the ball from you know falling back leaning forward set shots anything off the dribble he, you have to give the you have to give the offense something and he could always take advantage of it he might have the best body control of any player I've ever seen like Obviously, NBA dudes are insane, but like his agility, like taking contact, mm-hmm. you name it, like was unbelievable. Coop mm-hmm. and Andy, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, it's Kenny Freeze. Like I'm freaking out right now. It's like, <laughs> like if, I, if I'm hogging, if I'm ball hogging, like I, I can dish it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of pressing Kobe. Like he only has the shoot button on his controller, you know. Um, so when you look back to your Xavier career, is there like a, a favorite memory, like a, a point in time that you said I, I got it going? I'm at now the end of your senior year was awesome. Like the second half of your senior year was incredible. Is there like mm-hmm. a moment or something you think of? Like that was like my favorite, like memory. Um, no, I don't think it, I don't think it, like any specific moments. I think there are games that I really remember yeah. the Purdue game. Like, um, it's something that even to this day, when I talk to Xavier fans, the, like something that they remember from my career. And it's something that really sticks out in my mind. You know, I, I always used to do that airplane thing whenever, when I would dunk the ball and it's something that I never did. And like, okay. So I never did that once in my life. And then one time I did it because a guy was hanging on my arms and I was just running by him. And then somebody like in the street the next day said something to me about it. And then my mom said something to me about it. And then, you know, my girlfriend, my now wife said something to me about it. And then all of a sudden it just became a thing. And I remember we were down 16 to Purdue. I dunked the ball and did that. And then, you know, not to say that I like started this comeback or anything, but it was just like, it was just like a confidence thing. Like I always knew no matter what position we were in, we always had a chance because the guys we had on the court. So like just that feeling and that confidence in the team and uh, just, you know, us, us as a group, uh, like that kind of stuff is what I remember the most. I, I think you did start it. That's what I'm going to ride with. There you go. Anytime we talk about that from now on out, it's 
You know, Kenny right, started yeah. that. So, as soon as he put yeah, his arms two, out, that's what. Yeah, two went like eight did. for nine from two went like <laughs> nine for nine from the free throw line. He had right. like twelve points in, in a minute and a half, but I was the one that started. <laughs> two yeah, gets in the airplane. That's that run. <laughs> right. Foundation. But yeah, that, exactly. And it wasn't. It really wasn't to say that. It was the the reason that I point to that moment specifically is like, like I said, it's just like that feeling yeah. of confidence in 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 your ability and the team's ability and all that stuff like that's the kind of stuff that i remember because when you play basketball at a high level if you don't feel that um like you're just you're not going to be successful and i mean there's yeah. multiple times that that's that, that kind of i mean the virginia tech game when dante hit that half court i mean it wasn't even a half court shot it was like you know three quarters three fifths shot three fifths quarter shot yeah. or three fifths shot i mean it's just like that kind of stuff you never i mean you guys remember the video when D Brown is like falling over the huddle and he's like, he's got this big smile on his face. Like I saw that live as I'm running yeah. in the huddle and it's just like, I'll never forget that stuff. So it's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I remember the, the moments where like something amazing just happened. That's the, like that feeling is what I remember the most. I love it. And uh, it, one thing I noticed too, um, when we were texting or DMing uh, the other day, you mentioned, um, you're kind of into this Pokemon scene now, yeah? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's I'm go. Not, I can't show it. I can't show it right now because my basement is absolutely a mess. But like two years ago, my cousin and I started getting into this. And I just, I mean, at this point now, uh, yeah, it's crazy over here. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Bro, and, are, you so, a, are you a, a Pokemon fan? So I grew up love. I mean, I, when I was growing up, I I'm loved, a big Pokemon fan. You know what I mean? I, I love yeah. it. And, and I like the cards and all that stuff. Never really got into collecting the cards as much. I had some, um, but you know, who knows where they ended up. But about two years ago, I went out and bought like, you know, I just bought a booster box. The set at the time was darkness ablaze. And I bought a set of these cards, opened them up. I, you know, I hit the card like the chase card of the set. And then it was just kind of like, you know, first one's always free type of thing. Yeah. And I was just off to the races, man. And at this point now I have, you know, you know, I don't even know, probably 30 or 40,000 cards in my, in my basement. And I just like, I get cards graded all the time. I'm, I sell them on, I sell them online. I do all this stuff. I actually just like officially started a business doing it. And that's just kind of something that I do for fun. And my, that's dope. I own a, my, my family owns a home healthcare company. So that's my, I run the home healthcare company and that's my main job, but this kind of stuff, you know, like last night I was streaming from like eight o'clock until almost three o'clock in the morning. I just love to do it. It's so much fun. You like a YouTube channel or something? I stream on whatnot. Okay, dope. Well, dude, you got to send us the link. We'll plug the link for sure. All right. If you want us to. Yeah, Yeah, dude, that's actually a guilty pleasure of mine. Like randomly, I'll just watch like Pokemon card unboxing videos. Shit slaps. Oh yeah. Especially like there's a, you know, if my basement was clean, I would show you my collection. But my basement is not clean. <laughs> it's all good, dude. I can't. My even place is a sty, dude. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> no, so I've got my I mean, iPad sitting on a desk with uh, my all my girlfriend's makeup lined up. So yeah. I don't think uh, W. Yeah, the I amount think, of clothes uh, I had to step on to get to my bed is just <laughs> would blow your mind. We do not mess shame around here, Kenny. We do not mess yeah. shame. No, no, no. But it's it's I do I I enjoy it a lot. It's kind of like. 
it's just like you know i don't have i don't really have a basketball to be obsessed with anymore so yeah. it's just kind of like a new obsession that i have and i i really enjoy i was kind of wondering that i was like what, what do you do with that competitive edge like once it's done <sighs> i don't it's know such a jump you know, you know what I mean? like i try and go back i, I I'm, I'm playing in some basketball leagues around here you know because there's some there's a lot of good talent around here a lot of guys a lot of overseas guys that come around and play in like the rec leagues and stuff so i try and go back and play um but it's kind of you're right. It's just kind of hard to get that, yeah, to get that like competitive fire back because you're not really playing, you know, you're not playing for really anything other than just like yourself, you know. And like, are you back in uh, Northeast Ohio, Kenny? Yeah, I'm in Maslin. Oh, cool. okay, got it. Yeah, that's now, where I grew up. If you don't mind a drive, like we are starting a Xavier Twitter rec basketball league. <laughs> oh yeah, you oh, yeah. need a big man. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll come down for a game. You would be willing to offer a ten dollars stipend for gas. And, yeah, right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do four hundred euros, but I, I don't know if ten dollars would get me there. But no, you can pay your Bitcoin, whatever, whatever you want. We got you. Done. Yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. Bitcoin and beer, that'll work. Yeah, that'll be perfect. Beer coin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Kenny, um, one last question I have. We'll wrap it up here soon. Um, and I try to ask this anytime we talk to former players. I've asked Weez this. I've asked Darnell Williams this. <laughs> Um, you were a very highly recruited player. Like you said, it'd be easier for you to name schools that didn't offer you versus the schools that did offer you. When you're uh, in high school, if there was someone with a crystal ball and said, hey, if you go to Xavier, fast forward to 2022, you'd be talking to three idiots and you'd meet <laughs> a guy named Andy with dump trucks in his background. Would you still have gone to Xavier? Uh, yes, I would have for sure. Okay. Love um, that university for three, three. The three thing is, three. is that I have, you know, you can look, I can look at it from a thousand different angles and I have, believe me, you know, it's just one of those things where when you don't succeed, you want to find a reason why it wasn't your fault. You know what I mean? It's just like one of those, it's just a natural thing. Um, now obviously like, you know, just another one of those, like looking back on the sunset or in the sunset moment or whatever, um, I can look back to hundreds of times in my Xavier basketball career and my professional basketball career where I should have done something different, should have done something better, should have put in more work or whatever it would be. And I can honestly say that, you know, looking back on it, I probably didn't put enough work in to be as a, to be a NBA basketball player. And, you know, that's something that I just have to come to terms with, but regardless of all the basketball stuff I have, I've made friends that'll be friends for the rest of my life. I have, you know, my wife, I met, I met my wife at Xavier four days after I got on campus. Um, and we've been married that we'll, we'll have been married for 10 years this August. Um, so like, cause we got married directly out of college. Um, you know, my two kids, another one on the way, like when I look at oh, where congrats. my life is now, I appreciate it. Um, but when I look at where my life is right now, you know, it's, I wouldn't want it to be any other way. So, um, you know, I, is there, are there things that maybe could have changed that would have been, that have put me in a different spot or, I mean, yes, for sure. But you just, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys know, I mean, every, the one thing that people know about me that's still like the people that still remember my time at Xavier was that I, you know, I was a partier. That's what like, you know, that's unfortunately that's the case. Um, you know, and that's, but that's one of the things where it's like all those, all the partying that I was doing, all that stuff. And I would say for, players that are there now or players that are in that situation 
I can remember in my head thinking, well, like next year, next year, I'll really, really buckle down and take it serious next year. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm 30 years old and I'm like, well, I don't think I have any more time to, you know, make that play towards the NBA. So like, you know, I had, I had an amazing time. As everybody knows, I had an amazing time. Um, I met amazing people uh, and I got to play in one of the best basketball programs in the country. I got to see the world. So, you know, it's, there are things that are more important than money at the end of the day. No doubt. And we're, we're about done. Is it cool going back to Cintas and like you look at Xavier in the big East and like how the programs still continue to evolve and like, like Cintas, like the huge, like Jumbotron, all like the crap behind the scenes. Is it cool? Like going back and be like, God damn, this place just never stops growing. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Like it's the, changed so much, even even since your day. Like it's changed yeah, that, a lot. That little like VIP area that they have down there, right by the Ox Gym, that used to just be like the the loading garage. Um, so like, and I mean the facilities were incredible when I was there, and yeah. now it's just like you know they have NBA level NBA level facilities there that are just. I mean they have like giant hot tubs and cold tubs and stuff in the training room like when i was Insane. going there we had like a little bucket that you'd get like a metal <laughs> bucket that you got but you know and like even when i was there that xavier had better amenities and things like that in their facilities than any probably any european basketball team in the world so Ish. like you go from that you know flying private to all your games all this stuff and then you get you know i i land in germany and all of a sudden i'm doing 10 hour bus rides and you know, I, like, uh, you know, the trainers only the trainer only comes to like practice every like two days and like things like, you know, it's just Sheesh. Uh, it's great. I mean, the Xavier basketball or the German basketball league is very good. It's, it's super competitive. It's one of the better leagues in Europe, probably behind like Spain and Spain and Italy, maybe France. Um, but it's a it's a really good league. But you just don't see that kind of stuff, even with the high, high level teams. There are some like. I'm sure if you talk to Dolman, like I can bet you Barcelona probably has facilities that are like that and stuff like that. But yeah, you get into any of the other, like, you know, after like the top two teams in each of those leagues. Yeah. And even those top two teams, it, it may not be as even as nice as Xavier was. So it's just, wow. that's another thing you got to used to over there. Dang, it's wild. Kenny, this is a random side story. My stepmom had the biggest crush on you when I was growing up and it was super embarrassing. <laughs> She used to always scream at you, all of this little, like, five-foot Mexican woman, dude. Like, was the worst. She's going to be listening to this. I guarantee you the second we published it, I told her she freaked the fuck out. She called me immediately, like, oh, my God, I'm talking to Kenny. I was like, yeah, dude, she fucking loves you. It's ridiculous. I decided to let you know because it was a, a big part of my childhood and very embarrassing. I really I really appreciate that. And, I, I mean, <laughs> every single fan that I've ever had, it's just one of those things, no matter what level I made it to or whatever I did in my career, it was always – it was always fun to have fans. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's kind of a surreal thing to like walk down the street and have people recognize you. Now, like, obviously for me, I have to talk, like if I go out in public, I have to talk to a hundred people every day. And it's not because right. I'm Kenny Freeze or I played at Xavier or whatever. It's just because I'm seven feet tall and everybody wants to ask me, mm. how tall are you? Did you play basketball? Well, I mean, I asked, I answer those wow. questions 20, 30 times a day. So oh, wow. um, it's going to be super annoying, honestly. Uh, does it get old? It's, it's more like at this point, it just feels like breathing. I don't yeah. even think about it yes. anymore. That also kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, you need like, like a, he's, a t-shirt like made or something. Huh? A t-shirt made on your back or something. It's yeah. like, yes, I know I to I'm tall. Yes, I did play college basketball. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> the basics. Yeah. But then, you know, you, if you put that shirt on, then people are like, oh, like, too right. good to talk to people, you know? Right. I've never I been that. I mean, as you guys can see, I don't have any problem talking. I'll talk to anybody anytime, I, you know, especially when it's about this stuff, so. Bomb said the same thing. He said you couldn't have been more gracious. And, like, dude, we really – like, you don't have to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's not stuff you have to do. Is it kind of cool, though, that, like, 10 years after Xavier, like, there are people, like, want to talk to you about, like, college days and shit? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the last – like, the last real – I mean, outside of actually being like still close with some of the guys that are in the program, it's, you know, I look at it as like the last bit of what my career was. So it's yeah. like, it's, it's cool. I, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody wants to hear me talk, but I know I'm going to talk, you know what I mean? So it's cool to be on the thing like this and to be able to talk about the memories of Xavier and especially with like-minded people that probably have a lot of the same memories I do. And I can just give yeah. a different perspective on them. I can promise people want to hear you talk. I can promise you that. <laughs> and then last thing bro at least from me and then if they have anything else they can, they can spit it you come to zip them up this year you should, you should at least come through like whether you play or not you should oh you're talking through. about the yeah i mean i'll i'll be down there um because that was the one thing that, that cheek said too he was like even if you don't play you got to at least come down for the week for the week it's a cool environment man so i'll be i'll be down there as long as and then with the, the, only, the only caveat to that is my wife is the, uh, my third child is due on like January or on uh, July 2nd or July 7th. Oh, um, so it's really close to that TBT time, but I've kind of, she already told me like, look, you, I know that this is really important for you to get down there. Like we'll make it work. So obviously you got bigger fish to fry. So if you can't, like, it's all good. I'm just mostly, you'll, joking, you'll but, most likely see me. So, but I'll be there, dude. It's, it's a cool environment, man. Like BJ Raymond was there last year and like, and we're hosting this year out of Cintas, dude. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's going to be pretty wild. And then I'm sure like I'm one tweet away from getting a babysitter. Like I guarantee you that <laughs> we can, that's an easy, we've pulled way bigger strings than that. We can get a babysitter. Right. Right. <laughs> Shoot, have, you seen the, have you seen the hangover? Have I seen the movie, the hangover? Yes. Yeah. I'll carry, dude, I'll carry the baby around in the little oh, front right. pack. Baby Carlos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll good. carry the little baby Carlos. Like, right. that's, no, right. that's no big deal. I'll, With sunglasses, I'll, dude. I'll let my wife know. Maybe she'll say yes. I'm actually, you wouldn't know this, but I'm actually very responsible. Uh, I actually, I used to teach toddlers at a daycare, so well, uh, I, mean, I do have experience. I can send a resume if you want. As much as you guys, as much as you guys all want to, you know, talk about, like, being crazy and stuff like that, like, I know, I know what it takes to, to start up, like, you know, a brand and things like that, so I... I, you know that stuff isn't lost on me i know how hard this stuff is yeah it was it was a beast but no we're really excited it's, it's gonna be fun it's, it's cool being around with the players too and like they scrimmaged the like the actual team last year it was wild watching like Najee marshall and trey just give buckets to the young kids it was insane yeah was cheeks <laughs> there did cheeks do that che yeah cheeks is there yeah cheeks was like kind of like our like senior leader kind of vibe yeah. like he, he was the like emotional like, leader captain. he was a team captain for sure yeah like we had jp and trey and they're obviously like really really good players but mark was like the one in the locker room like you could definitely tell his his vibe for sure it was really really cool he's super competitive yeah and we've got some, some i think some pretty cool dudes that are going to come around i think we're gonna be better than last year but really eyeball i don't, don't want to i don't want to drop any bombs on here because like we try to keep it close to the vest but yeah i mean i know I know Mark, that, Mark is Mark has teased it a decent amount that enough to where well, I'm like, okay, like this might be serious. Here's the thing. I, I mean, I know I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I've been trying to get two to play and two is like, I'm absolutely not playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark always will tease us. Be like, I don't know. He's coming around. He's coming around. And like, this is oh, like, a, dude, like yeah, the, the I mean, fans, like, 
this is the thing like the fans like do not shut up like i run the zip up twitter account like the whatever and like you i've no dude how many mentions we get about two is fucking insane like uh, they will freak out if that ever happened there's two two's a oh man it's like i said you know like he's just two's like uh i don't know i don't know how to explain him because you, you know two's an extremely intelligent guy but like sometimes you wouldn't even know it because he doesn't he doesn't talk to people like yeah. unless he unless mm-hmm. you're close to him or like you know he just decides and he speaks his own language yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you tell us what can you tell the people at home what 50 bricks means <laughs> Man, i was gonna ask you i don't know <laughs> <laughs> like i think i think i could make it through context like i could venture a guess but i, no, I can't say I, for certain urban dictionary you know, didn't give me an answer either yeah, the thing he's uh no, two's such a good dude, and like he's one of those guys that like, you know, he's just he's loyal to his core. If you're yeah. if you're if you show him respect, he's gonna show you respect, and uh, you know he's a great that's a great guy to have in a locker room. You know, definitely. I was gonna ask you more about him, but we got dude, we took us so much of your time. Um, I'm, this man, is I'm awesome. Nothing to do. If you guys, do you want to do a small little case study on two Holloway real quick? Just what it was like being in the locker room with that dude and, like, what his mindset day-to-day was like? I mean, if they want to talk about it, yeah. Why not? What was what was it like being two Holloway's teammate? And, like, maybe, like, those huddles. Like, he just – I feel like he just put off so much confidence. Like, man. Two was, was the, two was the guy that, you know, like we were talking about, even with Jay Craw and Cheeks, you know, guys that can really score the ball. Um, even with those guys in the huddle, and I mean, obviously two can score the ball too, but you know, just like, even with that amount of talent in the huddle with you, it was like, you didn't have to ask who the ball was going to go to. Like he was bringing the ball up and he was going to make the play. Like crawl had some big moments. Cheeks had some big moments, but two just lived for that stuff. Like just. And, you know, like, I never had – if I knew, like, if we were down two and two was going to the three-point line for three free throws, like, I knew we were winning the game. It, it There wasn't even a thought in my mind. I wasn't like, oh, man, like, you know, what if something happened? Like, no. He was making the free throws. Like, he, he was just one of those dudes that had that ability to just feed off the – feed off all the pressure and – you know, just look back yeah. on all the hard work he put in. And I mean, I'm sure that you've heard the stories about like our, the gun clubs and stuff that we used to do. And like, I mean, he was just like, I think the one year he shot like 30,000 shots in the summer. And Jesus. like the next closest Man. person was at like eight, like something like ridiculous, you know, like God. he just, he worked, worked constantly, had unbelievable confidence he would 100% if you weren't doing something, if you weren't working hard, if you weren't, you know, whatever it was on the court, he's going to tell you, um, he, you know, push comes to shove. He would, he would fight with anybody. You know, he just, he just the type of dude that has, I don't know what it is about him, man. He just, he, he's a great teammate and he, he was, I should say he was a great teammate and you know, he was the type of person that really just pushed you to be better because you knew if the situation came where he made a play, dumped the ball off to you in a big situation and you didn't make you didn't make it, you didn't finish it or you didn't, you know, finish that play that he created, 
you know, not only do you have to worry about being disappointed in yourself, being disappointed by the whole team or and like, or being disappointed, the team being disappointed with you, the fans be disappointed in you, but like, you know how hard two works. So like when yeah. he makes that play, and, you, and I've, I mean, I've been in the situation before, you know what I mean? Like where I, like he made a play, I didn't finish a bucket or whatever it would be, turn the ball over. I don't know. Um, but you just, that like, that just a whole another level of like somebody to be disappointed in you because he was, he always had that like aura, that aura about him. Yeah. Just like, man, I'll tell you, like he's, he was a special player. He is a special player still. But when we were at Xavier, I mean, just, he was an absolute, just, I mean, I don't know if I've ever met somebody as competitive to Holloway. That's pretty cool. Is there anything more yeah. satisfying than when he just like roasts the defense and you just have a wide open dunk or like a no look pass from to Holloway? What, no. what was your favorite thing to do on the basketball court? Blocking, getting a dunk. Like, what was your favorite thing to do? Had to be dunking. Airplane there. Arms. Little yeah. airplane action. Yeah. That's actually a good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. So we get, that's what we do here. Yeah. Nice posterizer. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a question. Obviously, the you know dunking the ball is just getting dunks in, in big situations. I mean, on the road, like quiet in the crowd, on like at home, just everybody going absolutely insane. I mean, that is, those those moments are, yeah, that 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 was those are pretty sweet. That's for sure. But I don't know though. You know, block shots were always block shots were always cool. The other thing that I always really like took a lot of pride in was like, you know, a lot of coaches will be like front the post three quarter. And I that's one thing that uh, Miller and Mac always used to get so mad at me because I would just let people get the ball. And I'm like, listen, if he scores on me, he's going to have a lot. Like it's if he's if they're going to go through him to win the game, they're going to have a long day at the office because he's not scoring on me. And so, like, I always had like a lot of confidence in that where it was like, I'm going to let the guy get the ball because he's not going to score on me. And like, you know, obviously that's not how it always works out. But in my head, I was like the absolute lockdown defender. Nobody was ever going to score on me. So like, I wasn't even, I wasn't even fighting to not make sure to make sure that people didn't get the ball because that was what I always knew. And when I would get the ball, the first thing, I, the first thing I would say just to like mess with people was like, leave me alone. No, nobody help. Nobody help. Get back to your guys. Like, <laughs> I love it. You know, guys would like, you know, that makes guys go even harder and make mistakes and do things. Yeah. So like that was, you know, the mind game was always fun for in basketball, just all the little, all the little jabs you throw at each other. Yeah. And like, you know, so that, I mean, that stuff, that part of the game was a lot, was probably my favorite thing was just like messing with people. And, um, you know, I used to, when I was in high school, there's not a lot of video of it because they didn't do the, you know, the games weren't all on video, but like, right. I got some, you know, I got a lot of people thrown out of games and stuff when I was in high school. That's for sure. I love it. I didn't know you chirped that much. Like I knew you did a little bit, but I didn't know you were that big of a chirper. Well, that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want the ref to see it. I just wanted to make sure the guy heard me so that he did something stupid. And yeah. the ref saw it. I love it, man. I love, love it. it. Guys, I think I've wasted enough of Kenny's time, unless you guys have any other questions. This is awesome, man. So my, my, my last question is, if not basketball, then what? Pokemon cards. You talking about sports or you talking about just like in life? Any anything. So like uh, growing up, if you did not play basketball, what, what would I you would have played see football? football? <laughs> <laughs> I was. I mean, I. I mean, I'm from. Can I'm. I was born in Canton, Ohio, man. Like, 
you when you're born in Canton, Ohio, every boy gets a football. Like it's it's yeah. the the I mean, you know, the people talk about like and the talent's not like it used to be. I mean, there's obviously some, there's obviously some talent around here. It's still a, a big part of life around here. Um, but when I was in high school, football, basketball, I, I know nothing about baseball, so I don't know what the I don't know what the the area was like back then. But I mean, from a basketball point of view, you know, we had Costa Kufis, we had Raymar Morgan. I mean, a lot of the names, like guys that I played overseas against, Todd Brown, Ricky Jackson. I mean, these guys were just absolute monsters. You know, we had. I was playing against every week in the federal league. There was, I was playing against another dude that was, you know, six, eight to seven foot. I mean, Costa Kufis was seven, one. We're playing him twice a year. Um, but like Jeez. football was Maslin, the Maslin Tigers are like, I mean, oh, I don't yeah. know if you've heard of, I mean, I'm sure you have heard of them, but like, I hate that school with a passion because, you know, it's just like a, a rivalry that we have back home. But, um, you know, I don't hate them anymore, but when I was playing, it was just like, yeah. you wanted to get Maslin because you're, I mean, you're right next to them and they got this giant facility because they have all these, I mean, they, at one point they had like 23, I don't know the exact stat, but it was something like 23 active NFL football players. Like Jeez. they just, they just churn guys it's out. It's a factory. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So like, you know, football was the thing that I always wanted to do. My mom had to actually force me to play basketball. I, she was like, just play basketball for one year and if you don't like it you can never play again and within like six months I had quit football and I was like full-time on basketball and uh you know you know the rest is history but you know if I didn't play basketball I would have played football for sure how much were the football coaches like just begging you to play oh well (laughs) the guy that was the coach I mean it was kind of a joke towards the end but like pretty much every single day of my high school career from 10th grade to 12th grade. Cause at Perry, that's what you didn't go to the high school till 10th grade when I was there. Um, so like every single day he would ask me like, you're going to play football this year. And then like, then, you know, at the end of my senior year after the season's over and everything, he would still just kind of make a point to be like, Hey, you yeah. play football this year, you know? Um, but yeah, I love, but my best friend, uh, my best friend, Jared was a football player. So like, you know, I wanted to play football, but it just got to a point where I didn't need some, you know, yeah, some hormone filled, you know, 16 year old kid that wanted to take my knees out, you know, yep. at me uh, on a jump ball in the end zone or something like I had enough of that. I mean, that's how I broke my wrist in high school. Some kid running underneath me when I when I was jumping up to dunk the ball. So like in football, that's just magnified even more. So I just couldn't bring yeah. myself to do it. But <clears throat> football is really the only sport that I watch anymore other than Xavier basketball. Browns fan? No. Bengals fan. We got comes a hat. Oh, Vikings fan the Vikings. Okay. Interesting. The JP Makura stuff continues. Was not expecting that one. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I've been a Vikings fan since I was like, I mean, ever since I can remember. My dad's a Vikings fan, and I was just, I never even, if for me, it wasn't even a thought. Damn it, dude. He and JP are going to be best fucking friends. Fuck. Is he a Vikings it's, fan? Yes. Huge Vikings fan. He's yeah, a Minnesota he's from Minnesota. Guy. Yeah. What? He's I didn't Minnesota. even know. He was from, I didn't know he was from Minnesota. Yeah, dude. They, dude they have, they're going to be best friends. JP's insufferable. I love him, but holy fuck. He's insane. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> it's like, dude, that's hilarious. I didn't know he was a Vikings fan. It is How do you feel about the Vikes right CBT. Link up. Yeah, there you go. There you go. How do you feel about your Vikes? Feel good? About the future? 
Yeah, I feel great about him every year. Is that the, the is that the team you care about right. the most? Do you, what team in sports you care about the most? I mean, I'm I don't watch any baseball. Uh, I watch no. I watch zero NBA basketball. Um, I watch Xavier basketball and I watch Vikings Vikes. football. Those are the two. Those are the okay. two things. Those are the two things that I set my calendar for. W, I love it. <laughs> Are you Guys. locked in and have your calendar set to watch the Xavier Musketeers become the 69th best team in the country? Yes, yes, I'll be watching. We, I, man, you know that's actually funny because I made that joke. You know, I, I made that <laughs> joke about nice. Dayton when I was. Uh, I mean, this was this would have been in like 2013, I think, when Dayton was going to the the championship game. Yeah, I made yes. that joke yeah. on Twitter. And that was, you know, that's, you know, sometimes you tweet something out and you're like, oh man, that might not have been a good idea. That was, <laughs> I never that had that those, feeling. That was one of those tweets. <laughs> Dude, you're the man. Oh, that's awesome. Love it. He's that's definitely on the right great. podcast, boys. 69 jokes. You're in the right spot. Perfect. My God. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we've got to let, we got to let this man go, dude. He's dealt with enough stupidity tonight. Do you have any other questions for him? Anything on your mind yeah, good. that we didn't cover? Not really. Not we really. We got it, man. It's Miller time, yeah. baby. It is Miller time for sure. I actually, I gave up drinking for Lent because I'm I'm Catholic, so I gave up drinking for Lent. So I haven't drank in like three and a half weeks. Easter can't come so, soon man. enough. Huh? Easter can't come soon Thanks. enough. Correct. Correct. We yeah. literally, we literally got Dana's dry on Miller. Like they ran out of Miller Light, dude. Really? Yeah, dude. Our local UDFs out of Miller Light. Yeah, we've been we've been cleaning them out. They, uh, man, Dana's what a place. I I went back for the first time, you know, the first, that was the first time I'd been there in like four or five years. And they, I, I had never seen that big pavilion that they built on the other yeah, side. Nice. I mean, it makes it a lot easier to get a beer. That's for sure. <laughs> Damn right. They have karaoke night I mean, there. When I was, when I was, when I was at Xavier, I just went behind the bar and got my beer. It's a little, I don't have that access anymore. <laughs> how do you, how does Kenny free sneak behind the bar and get beer? I didn't sneak behind the bar. I just asked they, DJ oh, it if was just, go back. Yeah, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Did you ever have to pay for anything in there? No chance. Well, careful. That could be a could be a could be an IR. Yeah. yeah. It, it could be uh yeah. Could the be recording a violation. I mean the I recording, could, absolutely. Plead right, the fifth. Yeah. Plead the fifth. Good call. Well, Thank you, Chief. Just, I don't want to get the how about this? I'm pretty sure the statute of limitations would be up. I can just say I stole it. <laughs> right. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> wow. You can uh What's what's the what's the quarterback's name? James, what's his name? Uh, James. Uh, James Winston. James Winston. Yeah. James Winston. Kenny Freeze on the same wavelength. There you <laughs> go, Kenny. Dude, we appreciate the shit out of your time. This was awesome. No, I appreciate yeah. it. Any, I mean, I, you know, I'd definitely be interested in coming back on at some point if you guys want to have oh. it. This was, dude, yeah, we'd love to, dude. Name the day. Literally, when, whenever, whenever, man. We'll get you, right. Weez, Hankins, JP. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe we'll do some. Maybe one of these times I come down to Cincinnati, we'll do something in person. Dude, that'd be awesome. Dana's oh, yeah. just talking about doing a live podcast. You do a live- Dana's is? Cap, uh, he, he's lost his connection, but yes, Dana's <laughs> is talking about us doing a live podcast there, and yeah, I mean. Like, during, are you talking about, like, like calling games, or are you just saying, like. No, doing- no, like us just doing our little show at Dana's or something like that, but, that'd be I mean, that'd be the place, man. That'd be BJ, the place. BJ gets you up there in the second floor. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they got yeah, they got the spot sweet. for the stupidity. Uh huh. Oh yeah, the second floor. That's where you got in trouble. 
No, uh, we might get like tomatoes thrown at us or beers or something, but you'll be fine. Yeah, right. If anything, it's Andy. Half the fan base literally that's on Twitter does not like Andy. Like he's just so like passionate and verbal about everything. Like, yeah, he's got some enemies, but we love him. Yeah. Yeah. But Kenny, we won't keep you any longer or anything, but um, congrats on the career. Congrats on the family, the healthcare business, everything, the kids on the way. And um, Like Cap said, like, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. No problem, man. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it, but yeah, you named the date. We'll talk again. All right. Sounds good, man. Stay in All touch. Right. Thanks, Kenny. Yes, yeah, stay safe. See ya. Kenny freaking freeze, my dudes. That was really, really cool. That was I, awesome. I, I, can't, I can't honestly say I ever thought I'd be in that position where I'm talking about fucking Pokemon cards with uh, Kenny Freeze, a guy I literally, literally looked up to and figuratively. Just an all-around all great dude. That was, yeah, that was I, dude. I actually kind of, like, I do believe it. I've always kind of thought that might happen. I don't know, like, talking Pokemon cards with Kenny Freeze. I've always just had, like, this like overwhelming suspension or suspicion that that might happen one day. So I feel you. Yeah. Sometimes you just have that me and Kenny freeze. going to talk about Pokemon cards, vibe. You know what I mean? Well, there's a 50, 50% chance either will or you won't. So I right. knew the odds were, you know, not in my favor, but not out of my favor. Yeah. Like, like yeah. The, the, the teeter totter is perfectly balanced. So, you know, you have just as good of a shot to do it as you do to not do it. Teeter-totter. Just like Xavier winning the NIT. What a, There's what a, a literally, quite literally, a 50-50 chance that Xavier, this time tomorrow night, is, like, holding a trophy with their name, hopefully, like, etched in it. I don't know how NIT trophies work. Uh, I think it's just, like, filler paper. Whatever works. A trophy's a trophy. Will they actually hang a banner? I mean, if they do hang a yeah, banner, I think so. it, it better not say NIT champions. It better say 69th best team in the country. 2021 2022 i'm gonna be honest i doubt that happens but i like where your head's at that's what i would do so are they just gonna put a new number on the current nit championship one are they just gonna put Uh, yeah i think they just like take the banner down during the off season and like literally just stitch another one on it sharpie is it gonna be the same person that stitches plays on the inside of shorts that's gonna do that or i'm I'm sure that's a great question Oh, yeah, do that. Yeah. They had the stitch plays on an NIT jersey. That, <laughs> that was the one where they're like, I'm fucking done. Oh, that's a piece of history, bro. Dude, they should put that in the Xavier Hall of Fame. Just, just <laughs> one pair of shorts with plays. It's just in. a pair of shorts inside out. With it's like, what is that? Uh, no, you can't give away the game thing. plan. That's like, the inside of Adam Kunkel's shorts from the 2020 <laughs> NIT championship, dude. <laughs> dude, it would suck, though. I don't know. We might get varying opinions on this. Does it suck more to win the NIT and like everyone laughs at you because you won the NIT or to go all the way to the NIT championship and then lose? I mean, I would say losing would be worse. I mean, I, I obviously I hate losing. I'm, I'm as competitive as Stu Holloway. Obviously, that's where I got to where I am today. Okay. Uh, but so losing obviously going to suck. And I think honestly, I would be rather excited if we win just because like we've hyped it up this entire way. Um, from, from the beginning, like we've been on the train, um, whether it was start Kung off sarcastically dad. or not. Well, Kung, uh, Kung's dad's probably there, actually. I'd, I'd imagine yeah, so. Yeah, I think, I think so. That would make sense. But who are we going to make so, out with I mean, if we win? Oh, well, 
I mean, Kiss me through the phone, that's, soldier boy. That is that was his request. But honestly, like either way, I mean, I I think the what we have to think about this season, like obviously we're, we're going to think about like the end of the season losing ten of twelve or something. Whatever Brain it was, I can't wants remember. To think about that. Brain for Shilla, I couldn't. <laughs> he only mentioned it like once briefly. Um, but Dude, can you break I mean, down you, the Fran Shilla stuff? Andy and I were at a large bar that sold alcohol. Okay, <laughs> so Fran Frischilla, like, I wasn't sure if he was there in person or if it was a soundboard because he had 10 things he said over and over, and that was it. Like, it's literally, St. Bonaventure would be – they just score, Xavier inbounds the ball. And literally, like, I thought my TV was broken or something. Be like, anytime St. Bonaventure scores, Xavier has an answer. They do not have an answer for Xavier defensively. And I'm like, what? And he kept saying it over and over and over and over. He was uh, shitting on, um, I believe it was Fremantle, Fremantle the whole game. He was having a hell of a game. Um, he kept calling Kunkel Fremantle and Fremantle Kunkel. Um, he was about like five seconds delayed, like Nunji would have the ball and then dish it out to Colby or something and be like, Nunji, as, and the, by this time, the ball's already in the basket. Like it, it was just, it was a dreadful, dreadful broadcast. It was horrible. But um, all we would talk about is Xavier's not a disciplined team. They can't handle adversity. Like, he was straight up shitting on Xavier. Um, he said he said uh, Zach Fremantle's known for his uh, edge that he brings defensively. Um, so, it, it was um, it was, was questionable. No. It's obvious yeah, for a Xavier game. He's a well-known uh, TBT announcer, so maybe we'll get a get to talk to him before a Xavier TBT. That's why game. I oh, plan on going to all the games, so I don't have to watch on TV. That's literally whatever. <laughs> he has motivation to be in person. I, I didn't know he was that bad. Apparently, he sucks. I it watched was, like a ten-minute highlight on YouTube today, and it like you don't get a lot of context because it's just a bunch of random right. clips or whatever. But um, it didn't sound good. Uh, yeah, right. and I mean, I don't have anything against him. Like usually, right. I enjoy like if it was a team I didn't care about, then you know, whatever, but um, back to what I, I was trying to think about, um, what we should be remembering about this team, like, nothing's official yet, right, but a lot of the players that are playing right now are, might not be on the team next year. We know that, and this is a team that they could have given up, like, after the coaching change and everything, and they're sticking with it, like, Xavier has a chance to win a championship. All, I mean, an NIT championship, but they're playing hard. Jonas is coaching his ass off. Like, there's a lot to be proud of, whatever happens. Yeah, like, obviously, like, um, the end of the season was obviously dreadful and brutal and left a lot of, discour- like, a lot of discourage. Um, but to see them, you know, it's wild to see them, you know, like, battle through some adversity that I've heard they can't do. Uh, and end the season on such a strong note, like, and it's clear, like, once they accept this um, tournament, they accepted it, the invitation to win it. They were nationally invited for a reason. They knew that, and they accepted the national invitation. They RSVP'd, yes, I'll be there in order to win it. And we're one game, 40 minutes away, one more sleep from accomplishing something only one team a year gets, and that is to be number 69. I mean, That's if true. you need motivation – that's all that you're going to fucking need. If you can't get, like Kenny said about the, the shootout, if you can't get jacked up to the 69th best team in the country, 
you have a pulse. And I, I truly believe that this team has a pulse because especially like one, you made it this far. You might as well fucking win the whole damn thing. Uh, and two, let's get something to ride home about. Like I, the, the season was not what we planned on it, but we're here. We're in this position when the whole fucking thing. And I'm good, dude. Adam's really fucked, and they and they are like they ended the season hot. They were that typical. They were like that. They should have been the big game. Yeah. Okay. Andy, this could be Xavier Notre Dame right now. I, dude, (laughs) dude, tell me, like, fuck Notre Dame at that point. (laughs) That a boy. (laughs) Fuck the Irish at that point. Can I also commend Kenny Freeze for not watching baseball and being a Notre Dame fan? Ah, well, you know, when some you lose some. That's a fair trade, though. If you if you're a Notre Dame fan, I can deal with that as long as you don't watch baseball. Andy's a big Notre Dame baseball guy. Yeah, huge Notre Dame baseball. baseball. Xavier is currently up ten to six in the top of the ninth inning against Cincinnati Bearcats to go for a clean four game sweep. That's it, insane. Can Cincinnati beat Xavier in anything? And it's I'm, funny, too, I'm not, like, I'm not convinced. Remember when Londo would never shut up about UC getting Xavier's coach? Yeah. Like, now we're yeah. just kicking their ass. Like, I don't know. Fuck UC. Dude, Ken, dude, Kenny legitimately shitting on UC to this day is just the coolest thing ever. It's gold. Yeah, That's- I think I, I think maybe we should uh, – I don't know exactly what he said word for word, but something about, like, Oh, I'll hate UC till the day I die, or something like that. Like yeah. that's just a perfect quote. Just like oh, tweet yeah. out. He had a, he had a few of those where like right when he stopped talking, I was like, yeah, that's that's a good quote right there. <laughs> yeah, he's put it on a dude. banner. He's awesome. It, it's tough in those moments sometimes. Like most interviews, like whatever, it's chill. Like I loved watching Kenny Freeze play. Like he played for some of my favorite teams ever. Like that was that was just oh, cool. yeah, that was cool. I think you may have mentioned that once or twice, maybe three times. It's possible. No, 50-50 Kenny, chance. No, Kenny's that dude. I got big love for Kenny. Um, but anyway, 69. I imagine we're going back to Danis. We'll, we'll be in the air. Yeah, no, we'll we're see. going to Stones. Um, Stones is the move. We're going to Sto- okay. Stones is the move. Um, I also got way too drunk at Danis. Um, That's rare. Last night. So we're going we're gonna <laughs> to switch the environment and we're rolling to Stones skis. Right, we'll get way too drunk at Stones instead. Yes, then I'll get too room. drunk at Stones. Patrick's private room. Yes. Big time. That's hot. Um, okay. So we've got the NIT. Sean Miller, our king, was on TV last night. That was cool. The whole place the whole place erupted when he came on <laughs> how, TV. How could you hear anything, Andy? You were screaming your dick off. Uh, I'm talking about Dana's. <laughs> I know, but I don't know how you heard anybody else that loud you were. I was caring. Dude, he was a dude. It was uh it was akin to the first NIT game. It was he was on one. No, really. He was on one, yeah. I mean, it's a bar, so it's a different environment. It's definitely not the lower bowl, but it was still quite a bit of contrast. I, I was you know, proud of my man. One thing that I admire about Andy, it doesn't matter what the environment is. Andy's yeah. consistent. Andy's the same guy no matter where it is. It could be Stone, doesn't play down to his competition. It could be Dana's. It could be Centos, lower bowl, upper bowl, church. It doesn't matter. Andy's <laughs> the same guy. That's what I love about him. Andy, are you loud at church? Oh, you bet. Like, I'm singing my ass off. a boy. Like the national anthem, right? Yes. They hated that. Grandma, <laughs> dude, that grandma at that Cintas game fucking loved us. 
Oh, yeah. It was funny because I expected the grandma to judge us and the mom to maybe kind of like the mom was not having it, but the grandma was loving it. Oh, she loved every minute of it. She was for the boys. Yeah, she was for the boys. All right. Do we have any other topics that we would like to hit on as of now? Hard to hard to follow up Kenny Freeze. He did not put us in a good position for content as far as creating it ourselves. He Let's did. Let's be honest. But, I mean, most people probably are like, okay, Kenny's done. I'm out. Like, right. And that's the much, good thing about right now. No pressure. No one's listening yet. Like, we're talking everyone to, already like, jumped off. Patrick Capel. We're talking to Larry right now. Like, you know, the loyals. Exactly. Yeah. We're talking, yeah. We're talking to Lester. Yeah, we're talking to Cranges is still here. I'm sure. So oh, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. to this. So is, yeah. This is backstage shit now. Like Andy's going to look at the fucking, the, the numbers. It's going to be like after minute one Oh five, like just tanks. Maybe Rick Brewery, 50, 50 chance he's here. That's dude. Rick is actually a well-known fan of the Roblox podcast. Believe it or not. Apparently Rick Brewery craps where he eats per sources. <laughs> 